Hej. Men det kan vi kalde mig på det i den podcast. This is so pointless. You keep gassing yourself up like we can't. No. What are we gonna do? Okay, for context, we just played a song. Uh, we well, can we're see gonna the name of the copyrighted. Song, yeah, we were listening to My Humps by Black Eyed Peas, but we can't include it. But basically, it got us in the mood to do the podcast because we're a little rusty. Hi, welcome back to Restless Pod with Alex and, and Alexis. Alexis. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> she just completed Struggle live. Bus. <laughs> she Struggle. just completed live. Holy shit. <laughs> this is Alex. And I'm Alexis. And you're listening to Restless with Alex and Alexis. That was iconic. Um, what was I gonna say? But yeah, like this feels fucking brand new. It does. It feels like we're doing it for the first time. I know. And we started on a hill, like a windy hill. That cute. How long have we been doing? Like, when did we start? Two years ago, twenty twenty. During the pandemic. Yeah. What the fuck? And we went on a hill because we're like, no one's there. We can go up the hill. And the it's sound like, was. It's vibes. Horrid pictures. Horrible. <laughs> but to be fair, we were just starting, you know, to get comfortable. Because yeah. we were very anxious. Remember how awkward we were at first? I know. It's like, hey guys. Remember that lady oh, with, with the, dog? the dogs? Oh. What's the dog's name again? Star. Star. That was meant to be. I know. Oh my god. I love because it. we were such stars back then. And we're still stars. <laughs> we're just rusty as fuck. So, yeah, um, we haven't been podcasting since our religion episode. What a dark way to end right? for a break. <laughs> but it was such a good episode, though. Oh, so fucking, Shante, you fucking killed it. Best guest ever, Slicey Fingers, shout out. That was a good episode. She needs to come back, too. She does. She's incredible. She's a great person to talk to. She can pick a topic. Yeah. No, that would be fun if we let the guests pick the topic. But also chaotic. But I love it. We might find out things we might not want to know. I love that. Uh, okay. As a gossip, I do love that. As a go- yeah, that's true. That's true. It could be chaotic. Yeah, I love that. Um, what was I saying? Okay, so where the fuck have we been? <laughs> where have we not been? Because, <laughs> like, this wasn't the first major break we took this year. We also took a break in the summer. <laughs> We didn't start the second season until March. Yeah. And we're like, we're doing 11 episodes this year, just like last year. I don't know why I've settled on 11. But it why? Just, I don't know. It, I think because the first season was 11, so it was like, we have to commit to 11. Let me check how much we actually... I think we got like six this year. Not even. God damn. We're fucking rusty. It's fine, you know? Like... You Is know it? how TV shows have their, you know, weird season. Sophomore? Yeah. Sophomore season? Yeah. We're supposed to be in our fail season. So, um, yeah, we did a comeback episode in March. Then a month later, we did a friendship episode. Then two months later, we did a friendship episode part two. How was that two months later? And then in a month after that religion because i think you got sick or you oh yeah yeah so we can run through this so like we already done like the backstory of the other part of the year but like i think right after the religion episode i had surgery or it was after i recovered from surgery 
You had surgery after. After, yeah. So we, that's what we planned to do that episode. I was like, I want to get this one out before I go for surgery. So I had gum surgery because my gums were fucking whack. Um, so I did that. <laughs> that was hell. <laughs> Don't recommend. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm never getting it done ever again. Um, so, like you had a choice. No, I didn't really have a choice. Yeah. No. So I had to, and they still want to do other parts of my mouth. And I'm like, just don't. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Like, I've, I've retired. I'll just floss more. And I'm taking care of my acid reflux. So that's another thing that I took a break for. Oh, thanks. Thanks for the, for the average class. Just I can't, like, pat you in Aww. the back. Like, I mean, it's good that you're, like, tackling your health issues now, you know? <sighs> Seriously. Because, yeah. imagine doing that. In your 60s or whatever, right? Oh, my. I think I'd be dead before then. Girl. Like, no teeth, ruined stomach, like, stomach cancer. 60, yeah. Yeah, because they said... Okay, so I'll get... (laughs) I guess I could just jump timelines, but I recently finally got my diagnosis for this crazy acid reflux test I did in June. Mm -hmm. So that was before my surgery. So I've been doing lots of health stuff this year. I got diagnosed with sleep apnea. I reclaimed sleep apnea from the patriarchy. It was a huge accomplishment for me. Um, And then I got, uh, what's it called? Esophageal mammometry or something, mammetry. And they basically put a tube down your throat while you're awake through your nose. The way you're like, while you're awake. Yeah, because it's sinister. It's like a horror movie. I know. I cannot believe they fucking did that. They didn't even put you like. No, they don't. Because they have to gauge how you are awake with your function. Right. So they were testing how well the muscle in my esophagus works. Spoiler alert. It doesn't work at all. It is not doing nothing. Oh, it is no. staying open. It does not close. Until now? Or? Like, no, it's just, it's never worked since it was, like, 15. Okay. So that's why I was, like, vomiting at your wedding, like, secretly. And then I was, like, I've always vomited instantly from alcohol. Like, I'd go to the bars or I'd be going to house parties when I was in high school. I'd have to, like, excuse myself at the bar. I'm like, oh, it's just drinking. But it'd be, like, one drink and I'd right. barf. So I was like, what is going on? And I've never been able to, like, burp my whole life. Really? Is that crazy? That's crazy. Yeah, I'm so jealous of people that can burp. Like, I'd kill to be that disgusting person that burps out of it. Like, you know, sometimes Tyrell would like pat my back and I'd just burp like a fucking baby. (laughs) Yeah. And then he's like, oh, you burped. Aww. Aww. It is cute and it's a good feeling. Like, I wonder if my mom had trouble burping me. I don't know. I'll have to ask her. Yes, ask her. I'm interested. Right? Yeah. So, um, I think it's a combo of things though, because, like, as we all know, gut health is mind health like it's all connected mm-hmm. i've had ocd since i was like six years old basically my mom says like when i was like five i stopped sleeping because my ocd was like starting right and so that causes issues with your breathing and your um your digestive function because like you're tense all the time yeah and you're basically not really digesting or breathing properly like for years because you're a kid i got utis all the time as a kid like mm-hmm. It was fucking hell. Like, I drank so much cranberry juice. I was always going to the doctor for, like, yeah. tests and shit. And so... I had UDI as a child and mm. didn't tell anyone for a, while, for a while until it was, like, getting worse. And then I told my mom. I was like, I'm feeling something, like, weird. And she yeah. was like, oh, girl. It's like UTI. It's like UTI. <laughs> oh, why didn't you say anything? Were you scared? I was scared. It was the same as when I had my period, too. I didn't yeah. tell anyone for a while. And I was like, you just bled? And in my head, I was like, I have cancer. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> but your way is going inward instead of saying, guys. Yeah. Because I guess, did your parents have the this huge sidebar? Did your parents have this, like, the period talk with you or no? 
They did. They did? And my school did too. Whoa. And so I was like, so my dad was the one who actually found out. Yes, you told me this. Yeah, and he, and he thought it was like kind of weird that I was keeping it a secret. Yeah. And he was like, He's like are you we okay? could have like fucking bought you pads this whole time. Like, But like, go for your dad not being like a weird patriarchal dad. You know what I mean? He was actually like excited. He was like, oh, my, my little girl threw you up. Yeah. That's so cute. And then he called he called my mom at work and he was like, guess what? what? <laughs> yeah. Milestone event. Yeah, and I'm here and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just use it to brag. That yeah. would kill me. My When I got my period, my <laughs> I was like cried for weeks before and I was a total bitch. Like, well, I've always been kind of a bitch, but like I was like extra bitchy. Oh, no. And then I told my mom, I was like, Mom, there's like blood in my underwear. <laughs> I was like 11 or 12. And she's just like, I knew you were getting your period. You've been like a. <laughs> she was like, There's a reason for she's this. She's like, I fucking knew it. I was like, nah. And then she took me to AW because I was sad that my childhood was ending. You were fo- you were focused on that. Yeah, that was my main focus. So like, I'm not gonna be a kid anymore. Like, I can't do kid things. I'm done. Like, what? my life is over, girl. <laughs> Peers are like only three days, so like three days in a month. No, but it's like the first time when your your body's like, okay, you gotta have a baby now. Like, like your childhood is. Oh, if you think about it, I never thought about. Think about it. You're not a kid. Well, you are still a kid, but, like, (laughs) your body thinks it's ready for birth. Like, that's trippy. Well, that's patriarchal shit. Yeah, I know. But, like, if you think about it, like, when you are around 11 or 12, you are starting to think about non-kid stuff. So I was like, I knew it was for sure over, but I've always been a kid at heart. So I was just, like, I was crying about it. I mean, I do get that because it's like, oh, this is some fucking change. Yeah. Like, it's fucking weird. What age did you get your period again? 11. Right. 11 or 12. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good age. I had, a, I had a classmate who had it at 17. I know. But, like, also kind of jealous because, like, she, like, had less years of cramps. Right? And then now she's, like, <laughs> she's two kids. Nothing was, like, wrong with her. She was just, like... That's just for some... Like, yeah. they say... I don't know if this is actual science, but they say that we always get our period... Like, two years or one year before our mothers did. Do you know when your mom got her first period? Sorry to put your mom on gas. Yeah, no, I don't actually remember. My I, mom was 12, so I'm pretty sure I was 11. I actually don't know. I, I haven't asked I, I haven't asked you haven't her. had a period talk with her? No, I we had a period talk, but I, I never talked like, about hers. hers. Yeah, you should ask her. It is interesting. When did you get yours? What age was it? At nine. At nine. Holy shit. I was, like, the first one to have it at my school. Did you feel weird about it? I never told anyone. Oh, fuck. Until one of the girls, like, one of my friends said, look, I have my period. Because she had hers at And school. then you're like, guess what? I was the first. <laughs> no, I. she found out that I was having mine because I had to give her a pad. Oh, shit. And I was like, and she was like, oh, so you've been having your period this whole time? And I was like, yeah. Did y'all bond over it? Not really. Oh. But we're still friends. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, that was a major sideboard. How did we know that? I don't even know how we got there. I talked about gut health. How do we get to periods? You talked about your childhood. Oh, UTIs. Yeah, UTIs. UTIs. Um, Yeah, to summarize that up. So, yeah, gut health is attached to the brain. Like, if you have bad mental health, your guts can be fucked. So, Mm -hmm. I've basically had, if you think about it, 25 years of 
damage to both my esophagus and my gut. Yeah. And so apparently a bad, like a loose esophagus can be both genetic and also from like damage of acid always like going up. But the Uh thing is, I don't remember having um, heartburn until I was around 15 when I started like drinking at parties and stuff. Did you ever think that was normal? Oh, this is what like. Yeah, I thought it was maybe it's from drinking. I was like, why is everyone else like not experiencing this? Or I'm like, oh, I guess I just have a sensitive stomach, air quotes. So I was like, I thought it was just like, okay, this is just my thing. Like, it's just a quirk I have. Oh, she's quirky, you guys. She's quirky. She's quirky. She yeah. throws up instantly. <laughs> She's a quirk. Or, like, I thought it was even, like, heat exhaustion because whenever – so I was, like, hot dancing at your wedding mm-hmm. and then someone gave me a shot. Combine those two things. It's, like, right. a recipe for fucking disaster. Yeah. And, like, there was one time when I was 20, I went to Toronto for the first time. I visited my brother and we went to a Justice concert and it was, like, plus fucking 40 that day and then it dropped to, like – minus five. Oh my god it was crazy what a weird fucking... yeah the temperature was insane so the temperature like fucked up my body and i'm, I'm still sensitive to heat so right. and that makes me nauseous and then i puke like i basically barked in the crowd like yeah. it was like not fun i was like heaving so yeah, i that's just hard in your body yeah so i've had lots of damage and so they basically told me like it's so weird that it took like four months to get a phone call about my results like that makes no sense to me but um that's our health system so yeah they just told me that like you had a lot of acid in your esophagus and you have a very weak esophagus it basically doesn't close when i when the foods reach my stomach so it splashes back up so that's my diagnosis and they said i might have to get surgery so now i'm considering but considering getting the surgery but like how long would be the recovery yeah um apparently it's actually like one of the less invasive surgeries um it's just it'll be hard to swallow for like three weeks oh my god how are you eating i don't you just go to like a soft liquid diet which i'm used to now because of gum surgery right (laughs) um but it is scary like i feel like i'll have panic attacks again like i was having panic attacks with the gum surgery because i was so tense all the time so I'm like, I'm just going to go for a consultation, which will probably take a year to even get. So I'm just vibing and exercising right now. Um, yeah. I feel like we're getting off topic, though. But I mean, it is like... Part of the topic. Yeah, what it's you, part of the topic she, th- that they don't know about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. we should announce the topic. That's what we missed in the topic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just went, oh, went all the way in. Yeah. Um, and I already feel like I'm talking too much about myself. But technically, the topic today is I'm turning... By the time this episode is out, it might come out around my birthday, depending on editing and schedules. Yeah, and schedules. might come out after. That's totally fine. But I'm basically turning 30 in how many what's the day today 17 so 13 it's the 18th 15 mama. it's the 18th mama okay yeah. 18th. uh 12 oh two weeks exactly today oh my god yeah yes perfect uh so i'm turning 30 in two weeks ah! the big theory. oh my god you're gonna be what 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 do they say in that movie uh 30 Three. wait 30 flirty no yeah, 30, flirty, flirty, 30, and thriving. No, 30, flirty, and thriving. 30, flirty, and thriving. Look at that. I need some sparkles to come down. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I have glitters in my bag. <laughs> oh, God. I would love that. Let's just start. <laughs> I would love that so Showering much. I would love that so much. Um, what was I going to say? So, yeah, the episode today is basically what I've learned in my 20s. Um, and we'll also talk about like how this year has been for both of us. But yeah, basically it's like my ego stroking episode. Next episode will be Alexis's ego stroking episode. 
so it'll be equal so okay. it's all good you'll get to hear all about her wedding and what it's like to become a bride and a wife a whole ass wife i'm a whole ass wife she's a whole ass wife guys to a whole ass husband like that's fucking crazy oh my to god me. i chose a man you guys you chose a man as a bisexual <laughs> woman <laughs> i was like woman. i was like oh, let me marry a man can't help you fall in love with i guess unfortunately just kidding. <laughs> no but tyrell's great great guy it was a beautiful wedding. But with a cock. Just kidding. Uh, uh, <laughs> and she has some tea to spill, honestly, about the whole day. And, you know, it helps me that she's gone through this before me because I'm already an anxious mess about getting married. Like, and the, the wedding. Is, <laughs> the things you tell me makes me sad sometimes. I know. I, like, make her depressed because I have, like, all these complexes, which I'll also get into in my lessons yeah. from my 20s. Um, I have a lot of complexes. I'm mentally ill, and I'm also not okay. But I'm also okay. And I guess that's what it's like to be 29. 29? 29? 29? 29? I still have that video. You do? Yeah. I should post it. I should post it finally. I, I should not care anymore because I'm turning 30. Apparently, you're not supposed to care anymore. So. Exactly. All right. So, yeah. That's the topic today. Okay. So, she has a list, you guys. Yeah. And it's supposed to be, it was supposed to be 29 okay, things. Yeah. It says 29 lessons before I turn 30. I scrolled down. It's only 25. So, um, like, I was, that's the vibe. I was, like, on a break at work. And Wink, I was, wink. like trying to think and i was like i'll totally have 29 but then i was like wait i only have that and also it should only be 20 because about learning about my 20s you know what i mean anyways go ahead <laughs> but you know what it's fine we're vibing it's a lot so i was like i should just 20s. chill yeah. there's a lot i learned i think okay so one <laughs> i don't even remember my list <laughs> it says if something keeps happening to you it's likely because you need to learn something which is funny. I totally stole that from a TikTok today, but it was accurate for my 20s. Okay, explain. I, so, and I, I also went through that recently, and I'm going to be asked astrology girly. There was an eclipse, like, two weeks ago, and, like, it really fucked up my life. Like, I was totally okay. Well, no, I wasn't. Actually, I was pretty stressed after your wedding. But, like, it, like, it brought up old stuff. It was supposed to bring up a lot of old stuff for anyone during that eclipse, and it basically felt like I was... Every trigger that I've had in my life came up all at once. It felt like it. Because <laughs> you're like, I had to fucking listen to it. Well, the thing is, like, I was sick. You were sick. Yeah. And you were, like, not bedridden, but you were stuck at home. Yeah, I so was. all of this fucking time. It's going to happen. To spiral. It was. So. But even when I got better, I was, like, I was just, I think... Just the stress, like, October was crazy busy, mm -hmm. and whenever I'm crazy busy, my body just takes a long time to mentally recover, right. um, and it was just too much. So, anyways, what this lesson was, and it applies to my 20s, because in your 20s, you really are just learning a lot of fucking shit, and you're experimenting, and you're going through stuff, and if something keeps popping up, and mine was always, like, um things to do with relationships and friendships like that's always been my triggers is like I always feel like I'm not this is gonna be so emo like I just don't feel like anyone actually wants to be friends with me and they're just like there because I'm like there or like I know it sounds so weird but I feel like that since I was a kid I mean we I think we kind of talked about this in previous episodes too right? that's like, true yeah not even just the friendship episode I think we talked about this during our like first season I yeah like our I think not girl boss, but like Relation coming of age. Coming of age, yes. yes. And like feeling the pressure to 
always have a lot of friends and if I don't have friends and I think because yes the wedding planning was getting to me because your wedding had ended I was like oh fuck now I have to think about my wedding and I think I triggered you because I was like now I'm ready to focus on your wedding oh you don't have to apologize like you don't have to feel bad about that yeah. like that's my own trigger like I was already dreading planning and that's because I was also not doing the wedding I wanted to right I, I was planning a big wedding mm-hmm. and watching your wedding made me want to die like I was happy for you but I was like I could not do this but what <laughs> what about it was like watching you like having to choose all the linens and do all this shit and like answer all the questions like and I know you said just get a planner for the day yeah. but like no even that and I just so. wanted a smaller I just wanted a smaller intimate wedding with like a very like venue that speaks to me and the venues here I feel like I've settled for right like I did like that venue but it just wasn't what I envisioned for my wedding like right. It was just like, I feel like we were both compromising. Mm -hmm. And so then we finally had a talk and both of us were dreading it because it wasn't what we envisioned. And so I think that's what broke me down. It's like, well, I'm like, will anyone even want to come to my wedding? Like, it was literally like, I was like fucking back in my childhood body. And I was just like, does anyone even want to come to my birthday party? Right. And my mom knows this about me. She's like, I knew you were not going to like planning a wedding, a big wedding. Like, it made no sense to me when you said that because we went out for lunch recently. And she's like, I knew you were liking it. She's right. like, you're already stressed and you've done nothing. <laughs> I know. Like, see, when I when he proposed, mm-hmm. immediately we went on wedding planning mode. Yeah. So the month after, we already have our venue. We already had a yeah. caterer. We already had, like, a photographer. Yeah, that's fucking scary. And then now it's like, <laughs> like, no offense. It's like November and, girl, you don't have nothing. <laughs> huge brush like i don't know yeah i mean it's your timeline it was also a part of like but like right now you're not settled in one date you know what i mean no yeah so but before we did have a date with that venue and so we were actually waiting for this first meeting to figure out logistics fuck that venue (laughs) it's not gonna happen you weren't happy with that venue i mean i like it but yeah i like the the new idea Are you excited now? Yeah. Okay, thank God. Everyone's excited too, actually, so I feel good. But I actually, I just feel more at peace. Right. Like, as soon as we pick this new option, and I don't even want to say what it is yet because I want to make sure it's, like, planned. What we're saying? We're saying, oh, yeah, so it just triggered my childhood fears of, like, I, I always had anxiety because I just felt like everyone had, like, more than three friends, right? And I've always felt this weird, I don't know where this comes from. I don't know if it's because I'm, like, the youngest in my family, but I felt like... And, oh, I would compare myself to my brothers. Like, they always had a shit ton of friends. Like, a shit ton. And then because I grew up with brothers, I feel like I was very... um, I was too aggressive with girls. And, like, that would turn them off. So I had a hard time relating to other women. But also... Keep in mind that men don't have the the same connection. Yeah, that's that true. Have. So maybe they had a lot of superficial connections, you're saying? <laughs> basically. Yeah, also, basically. I want to redact what I just said because people are going to say, like, oh, she hates women. No, that's never what it was. I was desperate to connect with women because I didn't have a lot of women in my life. and But I was too aggressive because I was also in, like, my masculine mode from being with my brothers all the time. Yeah. So I was, like, very aggressive and, like, I just didn't know how to relate to people. Yeah, and I guess living with boys, right? That's just yeah. too much. I had to be very defensive and on yeah. guard and, like, protect myself, like, because they just play so rough. Like, and I was sensitive, and they're also sensitive, but they were in denial, and I was never in denial about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're having a situation, I just want to wrap it up. 
if you're having a situation in life where something keeps triggering you or like an event keeps happening where you keep thinking about something and you're always upset about this one thing, it's likely it's something you need to heal and work on. Mm -hmm. And this past month I realized I haven't really healed my feelings about my sensitivity. I've always worked on the OCD part, but I've never worked on that shame about my I'm a highly sensitive person you can google it it's like apparently my brain works differently um so I'm just more sensitive to things I get more overwhelmed easily I get tired that's why I was like out for two weeks like after a busy month right I had to recoup right um I'm more sensitive to noises like everything like I just get very overstimulated I hate big crowds I hate big weddings like I just get over overstimulated I like to be my comforts so I I think that's I realized that recently and that's what happens in your relationship. They mirror, like, the parts of you that you've unhealed. Right. And so sometimes I just get really – I am I get snappy with Malcolm, and I just realize, like, lately, like, this is not helping me. Like, I'm just reacting instead of processing. Right. And it's just all from my childhood self. So I'm saying in your 20s, you're just going to be a hot mess. And <laughs> – and I guess heal from your childhood trauma. That's And so that was another lesson so we could knock off too. Basically, your 20s are just for literally healing your childhood trauma. Like, that is my theory. I saw it online, so I stole it again. But it's so true. I don't think you're supposed to be, like, a boss in your 20s. I don't think you're supposed to have everything figured out. You're supposed to be a hot mess and process what the fuck just happened to you. Right. In your childhood. Because you really are two different people that you have to, like amalgamate together and yeah. like figure out your identity because you kind of forget who you were as a kid yeah. because you you forget everything because your brain's growing so rapidly then you're also going through all this shit whether it's like generational trauma or things that made you uncomfortable as a kid like you're just going through a lot of stuff so use your 20s to like figure that out yeah exactly because <laughs> guess what it's gonna catch up to you anyways it caught up to me three different times in my 20s like and that's another lesson, so we'll just move on. Okay. Number two. The number of friends you have doesn't matter as much as you think, and you can easily change your friends every few, every few years, which is sad but true. When I was younger, my early 20s, I would cut people off immediately. Like, I was just sinister about it, and Malcolm's, like, mellowed me out a bit where I was like, I give more chances. Um, but sometimes it gets to the point where I try and prove to people that, yes, I am a good friend. Or, like, if you misunderstand me, I need to go to the ends of the fucking earth to convince you that I'm not a bad person. And you know I did that around the time I met you. Right. With those two friends. Like, I was, like, chasing them. Mm -hmm. And so we can scratch up another one because, like, another lesson because I'm like, don't chase people that are committed to misunderstanding you or that are just in a different place in their life and you guys can't relate anymore. Like, don't force it mm -hmm. because if if they don't, put that same energy or like they're just not if you guys just clash like just let it go yeah and don't make yourself suffer <laughs> and like don't take it personally even though that's really hard to do like that was the beginning of my fucking Saturn return like um yeah when I met you in 2019 that's when mine started and mine's ending in March right. and it's it started with the end of two fucking friendships and that's my biggest trigger is like do people love me for who I am or do they just want me around? Like, Oh, let's see if we're still friends in March, you guys. <laughs> and her Saturn return is starting. So I was like, don't push me out. You can't, though. I know. Because her Saturn's in Pisces. I'm a Pisces moon, so I will see right through your shit. I know. <laughs> I'll see right through you. Also, I love how you're like, no. No. <laughs> no, I can't. I really like you, to be honest. 
in a non creepy way. I know. I'm like, mm. I'm like really grateful Is this for some, you. Like, the barbarian. Just oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, what's that to do with the movie? I don't even know. That makes no sense. We're watching a movie after this called The Barbarian. I don't know what the fuck she's saying. I think she's just feeling awkward, but she did get sappy for me at her wedding. So I'm going to do it now because I haven't given her her card yet. I lost it because I'm a hot mess. Um, but no, Alexis is a very. Like, everyone said at her wedding, she's very open-hearted. You are, though. Like, and you're very... I was um, truly confused. You're, what do you mean? I was confused when people were, like, talking about me. Those are all so accurate. But those like, are accurate things. Like, you're a giving person. I, I know you like, don't Ew. always want to be giving. But, like, Ugh. you are naturally a very good friend. So that's why I said no. Because you un- you just get it. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Even the mo- You're the most, like... But also, you don't need to explain anything. Mentally stable friend I've ever had. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. I'm mentally... Oh, my Besides God. Besides my, my other day ones. Yeah. I love that this is in recording. So now you have it for life that you're mentally stable. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm gonna make Tyrell listen to this. And he'll be like, oh. He's like, is that true? Yeah. Okay, this is getting real. What the fuck are we talking about? But yeah, like, the number of your friends... Doesn't matter. No, what? That was the first. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was are. it. And yeah, and you might lose a couple friends every few years. Apparently, that happens as you get in your later years. Like, mm-hmm. you just start pruning away, or you guys just grow apart, honestly. Oof, pruning away. Pruning away. <laughs> you don't like that. Like... <laughs> but yeah, I used to cut people off, like, really easily. And yeah, don't chase people. That's two lessons in one, y'all. Because it's so hard, though, sometimes. It's really hard. I was like, when do I push or when do I pull away? Yeah. Or, like, when do I have a confrontation? When do I not? It's like, when do you need to, like, also consider their feelings and, like, yeah. oh, wait for them to fucking figure my shit out, you know? I like, know. I just think there's no... I just feel like being a human is really hard. That's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying just don't obsess about those relationships because another person will come in like I, I always find that happens when one person leaves another person comes in mm-hmm. so that's my lesson for my 20s what's next <laughs> next number three your 20s is for healing your childhood which is all we already talked about yeah and not for being a boss except you're not gen z <laughs> i need you to explain that part <laughs> except that you're not gen z <laughs> i think what i meant there was because like, like I really admire Gen Z for their balls to the walls for influencing and just doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to accept as millennials that we just we are the ones that process that trauma to allow them to go there. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like I feel like that inspired them. Like it's not like they were the first ones to protest. They act like sorry, they act like they're the first ones to protest, and that's not true. But I think we have to realize like we were doing what we thought was right with the tools we were given. So. We were told, like, always be what you want to be when you grow up. Be this. Be right. that. And now I could just give a fuck less. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they have a less... Their identity is more uh, rich and nuanced than a job. And ours was always a job. Hence yeah. why we started this fucking podcast in the first place, right? Yeah. Like, they're not making podcasts about this shit. They're just probably talking about, like, oh, here's my art show. Like, I... <laughs> I fucking admire the shit out of them. So accept that you're not Gen Z, process, and then try and be, you know, a little bit more Gen Z edgy. You know what I mean? To be fair, though, like, Tumblr era was kind of like that as well. It was. You're right. Yeah. Is that just because we were, like, that was my early 20s. Like, that Tumblr really did define my early 20s. Be emo. Be sensitive. Fuck the rules of society. Have a Tumblr and just, like, go into your feels. But, yeah, yeah I feel like 
I guess it comes with age, right? Like, yeah. being edgy and, like, it got, I guess well, you Gen have to, Zs are... I think, yeah, like, I think your 20s is, like, just processing all these identities. I wonder if life is going to fucking just stomp on them, too. Like... Oh, it, it already is. They're already... I feel like they're actually more willing to be creative because they know they have no future. Fuck. Okay, yeah, you're right. Right? Yeah. I think they feel like fuck everything because... Because this is, like, the time where everything's actually shit. Everything is. When Inflation, we were, recession, Yeah, when housing. we were younger, it's more like, in a few years, it's going to be like this. Like, yeah. The yeah. recession's going to happen in a few years. Well, I'm like, blah, we blah. have time, so yeah. I can take my dream job. And now they're actually <laughs> living it. And it's they're like, living oh. it as they're coming. They had a pandemic when they were trying to go to bars. Like, fuck, you're right. Okay. Like, that would fuck me up yeah. because... Or is it freeing in the same way? I don't know. <laughs> Any Gen Z's listening, was it kind of freeing that you didn't have to worry so much about going to the club and like fitting in like I don't know because I always felt the pressure too I knew since I was very young that I like to spend a lot of time alone I I don't like going to bars for more than an hour right um but I felt this pressure that I was gonna miss out on something another lesson fuck FOMO like just do your own fucking thing yeah be boring fuck everyone's concept of fun do your own thing that's fun and that was so hard for me to admit for the longest time. I was like, I hate drinking. I hate partying. I hate, like, I can do it in moderation, but it didn't help that I had a fucking acid reflux disease. Yeah. So I was like, I don't even like this. I don't like the the bad energy of the bar. Like, bars have really sinister energy. Oh, yeah, they do. A- and you, like, go home and you're like, I want to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, See, bars always have had, like, this. I guess it's sinister because it's so straight. You know what I mean? <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Like, it's so white male straight white male vibes yeah always yeah definitely so i think that's why it's always been sinister that makes a lot of sense but also it's like even just being in a, like a very dark dim lit place with alcohol people are using drugs like that's not a normal thing like it's not a healthy thing i'm not shaming anyone i did it but you can feel like everyone's just there for attention and for fueling their ego so everyone's kind of in a sinister way right who doesn't want to get fucked and make out with us with a rando who doesn't like don't act like you don't and we're all like we're all putting on our best disguises you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like yeah i'm comfortable being this person like it's just weird like it's weird it's like a parade like parading of people's egos if you think about it you're like i think i'm hot i think i'm sexy i think i'm like this person that party like it's just a weird vibe i don't know i guess clubbing has never really had an appeal i'm more of a i'm a drinker yeah like that's that's a fact but (laughs) but you weren't appealed by the club like you just wanted to drink yeah 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 like, I'm more of a lounge bar kind of I girl. love that. I love, like, that's my introvert side. Like, I like, like long, sp- deep combos while drinking. Easies. Oh, we need to go to that one in the city. I know. We have to. I've always wanted to go there. Me too. I always see it on fucking TikTok, and I'm like, Shit. okay, fucking go. We should go on my birthday. Anyways. <laughs> well, let's wait for that. Yeah, let's see what happens. But, um, what was I going to say? I don't even know. Oh, we went to six different lessons, so just go to the next one. Sorry, As, guys. <laughs> Rusty. Oh, no, because that's four and five together. A. So six. Be alone even if you're in a relationship as yep. much as you can. Get comfy with it. Yeah, get real comfy. Um, I would say this is actually a teenage lesson for myself because I've <laughs> noticed this. I'm going to sound so snobby, but, like, I really learned how to be alone when I was in high school because I was such a fucking loser. <laughs> like, I just – I got really comfortable – 
and I knew this about myself as a kid too. I would feel better playing alone. Right. So I naturally wanted to be alone, and I'm just kind of a hermit that way. But it also helps that you have two brothers. That helped too, because I was trying to escape them. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> I was like overwhelmed, and uh, yeah, I was trying to just function. So I would say. When I say, even if you're in a relationship, be alone, I mean, like, get used to your own company and take yourself out to dinner, go to coffee shops, like, do things by yourself because it's too easy in your 20s to morph your personality with your boyfriend or girlfriends or, like, your partner. You have to form your own identity in your 20s, and that's what your 20s is about. It's, like, finding that identity and, like, reclaiming your young self and what you love, and it's too easy to be like, oh... Like, I'm with my boyfriend and become codependent. Like, that's what I did. I I completely just, like, morphed myself into, like, oh, we have to have the same interests. We have to like the same things. And if we don't, we're not compatible. Right. So that was another thing, too, is, like, when you're in your 20s, you hear all these different messages, like, live your life to the fullest. Like, make sure you travel all the time. That's not a reality for everyone. Mm -hmm. Where can you find your own time to discover who you are in, like, your own abilities? Like without a person because again men ain't shit um and like when you're young too you're very immature yeah like you have to find out who you are and be comfortable who you are alone without that validation of another person and I told because like I fell in love so young with my fiance and I totally lost myself it has nothing to do with him he's actually very independent but I think because I hadn't healed my childhood wounds of needing validation and not liking myself that I would attach to him too much and like kind of like put pressure on him honestly and it was just stupid like I look back and like this is like ridiculous like I need to I was so independent before this why did I become this person in this relationship like why was I craving that it's because my anxiety was speaking it wasn't who I was and so that's what I mean. It's like, just slow the fuck down in your 20s. Lindsay Lohan said that recently. I was like, well, yeah, you went full speed, girl. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, she didn't also, she also didn't have a choice, right? Because she, she was did like, catapulted into the fucking... She was totally catapulted. So, But it's it's nice to hear that she says, I wish I would have slowed down and enjoyed it more. But I'm like, I don't think you had a choice, girl. But I would say that to anyone in their 20s, like, just slow down and make sure, like, you know who you are. Like, who you are at the moment like yeah. you're not gonna know everything because you're always learning about who you are like i just learned something new about myself like two weeks ago so and i'm and we're all gonna continue doing that exactly. so i would just say like you need to get comfortable with yourself or you will like you'll lose your identity and other like external things it's like you're just gonna keep hating yourself i think yeah 100 you'll just hate yourself because you're like i need this person to function yeah so you're basically telling your brain like when you're like i need to hang out with him or her or them and i need to be with them all the time and we have the same interests and we have to be completely compatible you're basically telling your brain like you are not shit by yourself exactly like you're a piece of shit basically and you need this person for your identity and like you see that a lot and like it's funny like i had so many older women tell me like alex like take your time in relationships in your 20s because when you go through so many changes and like just think about age 20 to 25 and then all the changes in there Mm -hmm. and then again from 25 to 29 like I've been like 600 different people I feel like (laughs) 600 is a lot but like I'm like what what? (laughs) no but I feel like I've been so many people and it's weird how I've had like three sections on my 20s my early 20s you got to remember, too, your frontal lobe is not fully developed to your age 25, 25 yeah. which is what they should be teaching us in school so that we know that we're in for a hot mess ride. Yeah. Um, 
And I just learned recently, too, and that's one of the lessons you can cross it off, is women go through a second puberty. So there's a lot going on. <laughs> Your frontal love's not developed. My relationship issues surface at age 25. Yeah. So basically, I couldn't be immature anymore. I had to face the things that I was avoiding mm-hmm. and really face things. And, like, we went through hard times together, me and my fiancé. And we just had to, like, figure it out. And he was also growing it at a different pace because he was three years older. So it was, like, completely different dynamics. Right. And, like, your brain isn't formed, so you're especially emotionally reactive. Like, I took everything personally. I wanted to be, like, the one in charge. Like, it was just a fucking mess. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, slow down, (laughs) y'all. So 25, yeah, 25 is when I realized... And then I was like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm learning. Still uncomfortable. And then 27 hits your fucking Saturn return, y'all. And mine hit me in the fucking, like a fucking bus. I'm so sorry, Alexis, but your time is coming. No, I'm going to thrive. I'm actually just going to be vibing. Yeah, I said the same thing to myself. I'm like, oh, I got this. Yeah. (laughs) Nah. Yeah. And it's funny because my Saturn return was like in um, the house of unconscious wounds. Ugh, the fact that mine is actually starting, like, right <laughs> on my birthday. You're right, March 2023. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's usually, yeah, yeah. That's and I'm, usually tw- it goes. I'm turning 29. I know. I'm so sorry. Ew. Ew. I'm so sorry. Oh. You'll be okay. Wait, I cannot believe I'm turning 29. That sorry. actually is weird. I always think you're younger, but you are, like, not immaturity, but, like, you just seem young. You're just hot. I, I still know. get fucking carded. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's go. Um, yeah, I don't even know what the lesson was, so take from that what you <laughs> Okay. Number seven. Oh, physical health is just as important for your mental health as mental health skills. It is. So I used to be like, because <laughs> I was like a hardcore, crazy mental health advocate in my early 20s because I was like, basically projecting like all the things that I went through as a kid and trying to get validation for it um I think a lot of advocates do that (laughs) but um anyways like shade mm, slay shade um if your identity is an advocate I'm sorry like that's not healthy like that's not good for you like just be a person there's a lot and educate others but don't like think you're holier than other fucking people anyways again that's another ego thing of your early 20s too You'll attach yourself to anything that gives you attention. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying I didn't care about mental health. I really do. I still do care about it, but I've, I've narrowed it down. <laughs> I've tempered it down. Anyways, I was a mental health advocate. And um, <laughs> just barfing. What was the lesson? My mind works too fast. Yeah, your physical health. Physical health, yeah. So, and at the time when anyone would say, like, we have to care about physical health, too. I was like, that's all we've cared about, honey. And I didn't understand the nuances of, like, actually, you need to care about your physical health for your mental health. Yeah. And so that was my lesson is, like, I, because, again, too, you grab onto any identity in your 20s, I did not take care of my health at all in my 20s. Like, I was bent over a desk because I was obsessed with being an academic. Like, I just wanted to be an academic and be, like, a super smart person. Like, my whole identity was about, like, being smart in school and being good at school and getting all A's and the best GPAs. So I'd be crunched over a desk and then having anxiety attacks from my, like, undiagnosed OCD, which wasn't diagnosed till I was, like, 25? Or, yeah, around, no, 22? Yeah, 22. So as I was finishing university. And so, like, I was having, like, 
just popping Pepto all the time for my acid reflux. Right. And all these things. Because you're not taught as a kid that, like, hey, like, all this anxiety is going to fuck up your body for life. And you're basically just putting, like, a really thin Band-Aid on Bas- whatever. With like, Pepto. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the Pepto. And then, like, you know, just always on edge, especially with studying. Like, you're not taking care of yourself. And... So, yeah, I would just say the lesson is, like, care about both equally. Yeah. Because they affect each other. So, boom. (laughs) Boom. Boom. Okay. This one's pretty funny. (laughs) He said, your music taste really does get better after 25. (laughs) It does. The other day, y'all, the other day, I was listening to, they still have up to 2060 on Spotify wrapped. You can look up your 2016 Spotify wrapped. Really? And it's disturbing what I found. Oh I was like, wow, God. these are the worst songs ever. And the only reason I said that isn't from my own ego. I actually said it because it was in a book I bought for my brother once that I read before I gave to him because I thought it was interesting. It was like, your brain on music. And they said, your taste in music does not mature until age 25, which makes sense because your frontal lobe has not developed yet. I need to find mine. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. But yeah, go on. Basically, yeah. So I don't know I don't know exactly the neuroscience behind it, but like you'll you might just like things that are very basic or like not very nuanced, maybe. I don't remember the science, but I looked at my twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen wrapped and I wanted to literally die at the choices I made. I was like, I would never listen to this today. Like I wouldn't listen to eighty percent of the playlist. Like I I'm honestly so yeah, you find it and see what's on it. I'm really curious. Oh, my God. Do you see yours? Yeah. Okay, give me an example of, like, what's on there. Also, maybe I'll look at mine, too. Hold oh, on. my God. Actually. Or, or was it fucking good and yours better than everyone? Rich Brian. No. <laughs> that was embarrassing. No. <laughs> that was embarrassing. <laughs> To be fair, though, I was listening to Purity Ring as well, so... Oh, who wasn't, girl? I missed all their shows. They came here, like, six times, and I missed it. Because I didn't have any cool friends. Like, I needed a friend like you in fucking university. And I was, like, going to all of these shows. That's crazy, man. Hold on. I want to find mine now. But, yeah, I just wanted to puke when I saw it. I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Your top song is 2016. Yeah, For Freeze at the Top by Drake. <laughs> Mine was at the top too, girl. Oh my god. Okay, there's not bad. I have fucking David Bowie on here, but like, See? no, I had some good moments, but yeah. So this might just be fake science, y'all. Who knows? Okay, interesting. Research shows that musical tastes shift as we age are in line with key life challenges. Teenage years are defined by like really a lot of emotion, then early adulthood by contemporary and mellow. As the search for close relationships increases with sophisticated and pretentious, allowing us to project status and family value- values later in life. Wow, they surveyed a million people over a 10-year period about wow. this. Oh my this god. This is legit then. Huh. Okay, we come to music to experiment with a density and define ourselves. So basically, I hated myself back in 20... <laughs> I mean, if we the- were listening to DJ Khaled. Yeah, like, but who was it? It was my clubbing year, Yeah, you y'all. know what? Yeah, who uh, was I'm it? I'm going to give myself space, so let's move on to the next lesson. Um, Where was it? I'll get it for you. Okay. The next one. Oh, this is a heavy one. This is a quote I saw online. I was like, this is accurate. Okay. It's after the, which one? 10, I think? Yeah. 
Yeah. You're mad at your parents for being traumatized by their parents. Note this doesn't apply to everyone. Sometimes forgiving isn't possible and that's okay. Find what works for you. Yes. So basically, I saw this online where it's like a lot of us are stuck being mad at our parents and it's for something that they don't have control over. But it doesn't make it right that, you know, like they projected their inability to not emotionally regulate <laughs> boomers. Um, but like that, they were raised by parents in way different situations and that's what's causing it. And then there might be like cultural things. There might be like other circumstances, right? So that can give you some healing, but in some circumstances where the abuse is so fucking prevalent and it's just fucking brutal, I'm not making excuses for those fucking parents. Oh, yeah. And for some people, it's it's healthier to not forgive and just accept that you just don't like them. Because this is also cheesy. There's this book called It Didn't Start With You. So the way they treated you is the way they were treated and they were treated and they were treated. So if you want to find some peace in your 20s and... I mean, like, I'm not gonna, I was never physically abused. I was never, like, anything like that. But there was just. Must be, just kidding. Must be what? Must be nice. Shh, I'm sorry. Just kidding. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, I think, um, I would, as a very sensitive person, I would have benefited from, like, a gentler right. upbringing. Um, but that's, like, the coping mechanisms were not known about. So, like, I'm not gonna hate on forever. Oh, yeah. I'm just glad this is the generation where no fucking serial killers were like prevalent yeah because how you know how the serial killers were made because their parents were in the war or whatever and like lead poisoning yeah and lead poisoning (laughs) right or they were all dropped with their heads like um for some reason that was the year where everyone was like dropping their kids i was like on purpose y'all did (laughs) accidents oh no because also that was like the years where alcohol became more of a thing too. You're right. So they would because be dropping the babies. The <laughs> <laughs> You're right. They would be dropping their babies a yeah. lot. Like why wouldn't they? Right. Um, and so yeah, those people's parents were like like in the war and shit. Like it makes sense that they produce kids that are still. Yeah, and now we have fucking <laughs> seat belts in cars. You know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> Now we have protections. We have protections. Nothing's perfect. Next one. Oh, okay. Compatibility isn't about being the same. It's about how you deal with your incompatibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because I've struggled so much (laughs) with anxiety and stuff, it's made me a really bad relationship partner. (laughs) Like really, like not the best. I think I have my strengths, but I feel like it is hard to be in a relationship with someone that's highly sensitive. And I'm not saying that to like shame our shame our community of highly sensitive people sorry to the community sorry to the community but it is it even says like the the person that like discovered basically high sensitivity in people like our brains look different she's done all this research and she says like it is hard for a highly sensitive person to be in love because they feel things 300 times deeper and that doesn't mean the other person's shallow but they're more emotionally stable half the time (laughs) they just don't feel as deep so I just realized like Malcolm like my partner he doesn't really like he's really settled and patient and calm and grounded and then I like it doesn't matter how positive or negative it is I feel it so fucking deeply Mm -hmm. and so I think my my mistake was thinking like we have to be compatible on that realm to be in a relationship and no you you fucking don't like you really don't right it's just recognizing your different strengths and whatever like you complement each other yeah and so i think i was always forcing 
like romantic standards of love that I learned as a kid that like have to like the same music and the same things and you have to react to things the same way. I'm like, no, that's fucking boring. Like soulmate vibes is what soulmate saying, vibes. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like toxic. And, um, I remember thinking like, but would I really want to be with someone that's exactly like me? Like, I think it'd be hell. Right. Cause I did date a guy that was just as emotional as me. I'm like, this is a fucking mess. Yeah. And I was like cringing at it all the time. Cause I'm like, this is too much emotion. I have enough for 60 people in my own body. I don't need another one. Yeah. So, like, I think just recognizing, like, in your 20s, you're going to want to find someone who's exactly like you to fill that hole that your parents left or that, like, your life left or you've been rejected by the world. So you're trying to fill that in with someone that's just like you. Right. That's not, that's not going to fucking work. I don't know. You just got married. Like, what do you think about love in that sense? Like, I'm curious. I mean... That was one of our issues, too. Before, yeah. Like, Navigating compatibility. Differences. Yeah. Because we're so... We're not really that different, mm-hmm. but we do... We were raised differently, so of course there are Yeah, same with right? me and Malcolm. Like, so, that totally raises problems. <laughs> so that's why... I don't know if you remember my vows, but I did make a point of, like, talking about our differences a No, lot. that's what I love. Oh, my God, guys. Her vows were iconic to me. I hate going to weddings... And they're just like, you're perfect for me. You're my best friend. And, like, no complaints. Like, sometimes you annoy me with the laundry, but you're good. Like, that's, like, yeah, no. that's not real fucking life. Because, first of all, I'm not really the sentimental type. Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. Number two, I was, like, I'm not going to lie in front of these people. And say how and perfect it how, is. like, we're fucking soulmates when we're not really. Yeah. The relationship and still is taking a lot of work. Yeah. Like, not that we're, like, in a bad relationship. But no, it's you guys like, have a great relationship. We're just really different people. And that's okay. And that's okay. And I guess, like, yeah, you're right. Like, romance movies or novels really, like, oh, he's so perfect for me. And, yeah. like, we, he understands me to a T. He like, texts me good morning everywhere. And he, like, it's like he's in my head. Yeah, and, like, it's like he knows everything. He, he can knows read everything. my mind. When really a relationship requires so much communication. Yeah. When people say they don't fight, I'm like, oh, something big's coming. Yeah. Something big is going to fucking knock you over. And then you'll be like, oh, shit. Or someone's already, like, checked out in that yes. relationship. Yeah, because they're like, what's the point of talking? You don't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I see all these posts. Right now, there's a trend on TikTok where they post, like, things that my boyfriend was doing while he was cheating on me you know have you seen those? yeah and it's like the perfect boyfriend yeah and so i'm like you really don't know <laughs> you really just don't know so just fuck it and just i don't yeah. know so i feel like if your relationship is a mess but you are communicating yeah then <laughs> it's all fucking good as long as like, you're not being abused yeah. and you're talking about things and you're growing together but if like what i would say like the only thing you have to watch out in your 20s is like you're with someone that is not willing to grow with you yeah and they're just, like, deal with it. That's your own perception. Like, they're, like, gaslighting you. Like, if they're not both focused on growing together, like, get the fuck out. Yeah. Because they're going to drag you down. It's like we are saying, like, the company we keep mm-hmm. reflects who we are. Yeah. yeah. So if you're going to be with someone that's not – if you grow apart, you grow apart. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And compatibility is so – it's really just how you deal with the incompatibility that makes you compatible. And sometimes you need couples fit fucking therapy. Like you need couples therapy, you need a lot of conversations. Yeah, and it is very like 
um, it's dragging. Like it's like something yeah. that you don't want to do. Yeah, like completely, a hundred percent. But you have to do the work for your relationship. You have to, to. Work. or you, like you're living with this person all the time. Like yeah. you want to be able to function. <laughs> and yeah. I don't want a divorce because it's so expensive. <laughs> Oh, that's so sentimental. Yeah. That should be in your vows. I don't want a divorce, so don't fuck it up. <laughs> I know. Wait. That's hilarious. But yeah. But yeah, that's such a good lesson, and that took me, like, literally 10 years to learn. <laughs> Sorry, Malcolm. <laughs> I mean, he also had to do the work. He right? also had to do work. Yeah. We met so young, and mm-hmm. that's another thing. I'm like, you're if you meet someone really young, like I said, spend time by yourself. Get to know yourself. Don't become codependent. Um... And find someone that wants to grow with you because your 20s, like, you're just exploring a lot. Sometimes I think about that one ex that I had as a, like, a teenager. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, what if I actually, like, ended up with him? And it's like... I can't even imagine it. Right? Like, I don't... I'm not shaming anyone who married their fucking childhood sweetheart. I think or that's like a miracle when high that happens. Sweetheart. Yeah, it's one, a miracle. Yeah. Or two, it's like the worst thing that you could ever fucking do. Right? Because you might like, not know yourself at the end of it. Exactly. Because you, like what you said earlier, how you lose yourself in a relationship. Yeah. Sometimes I see that in couples, like when they've been together for that long. Because they're comfortable. Yeah. Why would you want to leave? Like you're so comfortable even if it's not right. And we're also not taught in society like, you, you should only leave if he cheats on you or she, you should do this. Like, no one t- tells you, like, you could love someone so much, but yeah, you need to separate still. I think, and this is, like, a weird thing to say, but mm-hmm. during COVID times when Tyrell and I couldn't see each other, yeah, I thought that was, like, a good challenge for a relationship mm-hmm. because... To begin with, we weren't really seeing each other all the time anyways. Like, we yeah. would only see each other twice a week or, like, once a week. Yeah. But also because I was... I love being alone. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I think having your own identity, like, just going back to that. Yeah. Just... It also helps with, like, just knowing... 100%. What you want and, like, having how to navigate. space helps a lot. Yeah. Like, I told you when I moved into... So, me and Malcolm had, like, some rough times... When I was 25 and, like, I was, my frontal lobe was just, like, losing it. <laughs> and I was basically, we broke up for, like, like, a quaking. month. It was quaking, essentially. Like, that's how crazy I was. Well, not crazy. Sorry, guys. I was, like, not in the right headspace. And um, w- once we broke up for, like, only a month, because we're, like, just in love, you know. <laughs> but we broke up <laughs> for a month and we're, like, we need to work on things. I'm, like, so I'm going to not move back in. I'm going to move into my own apartment. And, like, that was fucking life-changing. Like, mm-hmm. and you don't always have to move out to do that. Like, you just need to, like, take, like, purposely take more space away from each other. Yeah. Also, that just helps, like, you miss your partner and you, like, don't fixate on their flaws all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you start to miss them. Like, Malcolm just came back from, like, a two-day tri- two work trip in Kentucky and, like, it feels new again. Like, right. it's weird just two days off we will do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the advice. I, I always feel a lot of guilt, too, about how much space I need as a highly sensitive person. So I will, like, I feel guilt. So I, I try and, like, make myself hang out with him more or – with my friends even even when i'm like i just want to fucking be in my cave like and it's not always good for me to be in my cave so i I also try and force myself but like when i'm alone i don't have to feel guilty so when i go on a trip i well i did feel guilty like the longer we're together the more sentimental i am but like just doing things on my own and being in that apartment i didn't feel the guilt and anxiety because i just have relationship anxiety naturally from being mentally ill (laughs) so 
I just didn't feel guilt. Like yeah. I just felt good, and I could feel I could feel myself being independent again. Right. But then moving back in with my head to remind myself not to be codependent, because <laughs> like if it's weird going from dating to yeah. living together. It's a whole other vibe and you forget how to date again because Mm -hmm. you're not having these exciting things like, oh, I haven't seen him in five days. Yeah. Let's go on a date. Let's spend money. Let's like, let's make it like, we'll get dressed up. No, like you're just like a fucking potato when you're living together and you take your, you take each other for granted, honestly. Oh yeah. 100%. Like even this week, I was just thinking about how we're just lying in bed watching fucking Family Guy. Like, yeah, it's like that sounds great though. I know, but like, this is it. Like, we're not going out, <laughs> and you're like, we need to go out. But I like, know. that's the pressure. That's also a message we get from the society. Is like, it's bad to be comfortable. You always have to keep it spicy. I know. Like, I always, I all, I always see this post like on TikTok too, where they like, oh, you have to like, you should have a date night every week. It's yeah. Like, um, that puts you pressure. Planning, yeah. Yeah, the planning. Oh, my God. I used to put so much pressure on us to plan date night. I think I still do sometimes. Yeah, you <laughs> do. I'm learning how not to. Um, that's also my anxiety that I'm trying to work on. Um, like, just not listening to societal messages is really hard for me. Like, I get triggered maybe once a week on TikTok. And Malcolm's like, just fucking delete it. Delete it. I know. But. Memes. I'm addicted. <laughs> I'm, like, literally. I don't know. It's an escape. Until it turns toxic. You yeah. know what I mean? So I should really add that as a lesson. Like, just fucking take social media breaks, y'all. Yeah, that helps mm-hmm. a lot. When I had that Twitter break, it actually really helped me. I know. And then you came back on because the queen died. The queen died. R.I.P. It was a big moment. It was R. so R. big. You mean Trisha Paytas, baby? The Reborn. Way- oh, my God. Did, Did you she see post the other day? Yeah. She's, like, trying to help her remember yeah, her old life. life. <laughs> In case you guys didn't know, this that uh, weird social influencer, Trisha Paytas, uh, who's had lots of drama, <laughs> she had a baby the day the queen died. So the theory is that the queen was reincarnated to this poor woman's baby. And now she's named Malibu Barbie. Malibu Barbie. Can you imagine being Queen Elizabeth to Malibu, Malibu Barbie? Barbie. Oh iconic. Simply iconic. Iconic. What a past life story. Right? Yeah. Imagine if she remembers. She probably will act like a queen, like a diva. Well, the mom is exactly yeah. So that that's just her birthright. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyways, are we do we any more lessons to go through? Probably lots, but they combine. So yeah, they combine. Thank God, because I ran out of water. I'm so thirsty. <laughs> I know I ran out of water too. <gasps> okay, so this one you kind of you kind of talked about it earlier. Okay. So you said don't chase after people who don't give a shit about you yeah. or ghost you or can't maturely communicate don't chase people that are committed to like if they want to ghost you i mean again i'm gonna say never ghost someone but if someone ghosts you just know that you're not a piece of shit like i thought i was okay yeah that's my lesson from the 20s because a lot of people they're they're growing out they're immature their frontal lobe is developing some people are later than others <laughs> And if they don't want to mature, like, I think people, I think we have been raised to think that friends need to read our mind, just like our partners. Yeah. Because we're all trying to replicate our child-parent relationships. <laughs> if my parent didn't meet my need, and mm-hmm. then I'm in a friendship later on in life, and it triggers, that person's triggering my needs that aren't being met, I'm going to react that way. Yeah. Maybe she's just coping the way the her way mom, she, her yeah. parents treated her. I don't fucking know. But it's not my fucking responsibility, end of the day. Oh, no. Yeah. Definitely if you don't not. communicate that you're triggered, 
and this is why, but it's not my responsibility, then I can't, I can't apologize. I can't. That's a you problem. Not, it's a you problem. It's, yeah. it's you that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Not like that. But in some situations I have been, like, to be accountable, I have been the Taylor Swift. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. Oh, it's me. me. Yeah. Or hi, something. I don't know. So, yeah, that's my lesson. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> don't chase. Okay. So your sensitivity, not your resilience, is your greatest gift. Yeah, so that one's personal for me. Um, I kind of wrote that. I don't really believe it yet, but I'm trying to believe it. I'm trying to believe that my high sensitivity is a good thing, but it's going to take me a long time to get there. Well, it's because you never really, like you said earlier, right? You've never really actually focused on it. Or no. Like forgive yourself. Or no. Work on it or whatever, right? Like, there's yeah. really nothing to work on i think it's just like accepting it and acceptance takes work though because no but like working yeah. on it means like you oh, want I don't to change anything yeah no i can't i know i can't fix it and i think all these years all of my 20s i was like hoping i could fix it right and i'm like no i can't no you can't it's just who i am yeah. and i just have to find a way of not projecting my bullshit onto people and <laughs> also like every person has their base reactions to everything right yeah and that's, that's just how where you go you know what i mean yeah that's where i naturally go um i feel things deeper and it doesn't help it's combined with anxiety because then when you feel when your body naturally your nervous system is very sensitive that sends a signal to your brain that you're in danger right so then i i get angry or i snap or i i withdraw Mm -hmm. and so it really is learning how to be like no i'm allowed to feel that initial reaction but i'm not gonna like snap at malcolm or a family member or something because i feel sensitive right i'm gonna be like what is my body trying to tell me like mm-hmm. that's what i'm trying to learn is like have you like looked into like neuroplasticity mm-hmm. and like reframing like your your base responses so it is possible to actually like through whether it's like subconscious um, listening to affirmations as you fall asleep in theta state. Right. So theta is like right when you're falling asleep or right when you're waking up. And so if you play these messages, you can actually teach your brain to learn new patterns. Really? Yeah, it's really crazy. So, so it's like subconscious? Subconscious like hypnosis, basically. Oh. And you basically, so let's say I'm having trouble accepting my sensitivity. So mm-hmm. I would listen to in the morning, like um, my sensitivity is a strength or um, I feel things deeply and I'm proud of that. Like, and so instead of like framing it, my brain wants to frame it as negative because right. it's always associated with danger and people judging me. Right. So if I, if I start training my brain to hear subconsciously that it's a strength, I'll stop reacting as powerfully oh. to it and I'll see it as a good thing. So you can do that with any problem in your life, actually. Really? And this is why I told you I want to get hypnotized right. and, like, deal with that wound that comes mm-hmm. with the shame, with the sensitivity. And, like, because basically, so people think hypnosis or hypnotherapy is, it's just, like, people manipulating you. But they just get you to theta state. They just get you to the state right before you fall asleep. Right. And you talk about, you're so calm. You're talking about your trauma while you're that calm. Or you're talking about a wound you have. And you're in a calm state. So you're telling your body this thought doesn't mean danger right you're basically reframing the neuro the neurons in your brain that tell you it's danger so your body you're teaching your body not to to tighten up or to that it needs to do something but you have to do that multiple times oh yeah or it's a practice so when i say work like it will take some work because i've what i've had 29 years of being in this rigid state around my sensitivity yeah 
I don't think it'll take 30 years to fix. Like, a lot of people, if they do it, like, every day and they focus and, like, they do self-love, like, meditations, I think I can get... If I could get to a point where it's, like, I'm not freaking out every time or ashamed, Mm -hmm. if it's, like, if it's 60% better or even 30%, I'll be happy. You know what? Maybe the easier way is just to take, like, a lot of LSD and then... (laughs) Yes, that too. And then... And that... (laughs) alters your brain chemicals no i've definitely heard of that like they're treating ptsd now with um mushrooms mushrooms. there's many ways just look into them do your research and yeah but that's but that's really interesting like i when Mm -hmm. when you talked about hypnosis like Mm -hmm. when the last time we saw each other yeah i actually looked it up as well and like watched youtube videos yeah i had to like go through a lot though because there are fake ones out there there's a lot of fake ones yeah these fucking influencers like i got hypnotized no it's it's scary just look up clinical hypnosis and you'll get like actual psychologists that do it yeah (laughs) but what did you think of it like when you looked it up like i thought First of all, I thought it was really interesting because mm-hmm. this is like a state where you're not in control. Not complete. Not completely, you know. You're receptive. I'd say the word is receptive. Okay. That's better. Because a lot of people will still be scared and be like, oh, they're going to control me. Yeah. No, they're literally just asking you questions in a relaxed state. So it kind of does. For some people, they're so unreceptive because their body's used to being in danger. They don't trust a stranger in the room to guide them to safety because that's fucking scary you're gonna get hypnotized yeah. that's why i've been really taking my time looking for a psychologist but that doesn't look shady as hell because i'm like this is a scary practice for me like a new way of doing this um i don't even know where i was going with that oh so control's not the word so theta is if you think about it you know when like you're falling asleep and you're you're so relaxed and you don't really know what you're saying. Like, you're yeah. kind of mumbling. Like, so Tyrell, you could be watching a movie, but you're half asleep. Yeah. So Tyrell would be could, like, oh, this is such a funny movie. And you're like, oh, like that. Yeah. You could be like, oh, I don't know. And then just fall asleep because you're so relaxed that you don't feel the need to wake up and say, yeah, it's funny. Do you yeah, know what that, I mean? That actually happened the other night, too. Yeah, where he like was talking night. to me. Really? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then I just. And do you remember anything you said? No. Because it's so crazy. Like, I know people, like, they can have full-on conversations and not remember them the next day. I used to talk in my sleep. Really? Yeah. I'm convinced people that are very inward, they get all their, like, stress out in their sleep. This is something that my cousins actually did. I used to talk in my sleep. Mm-hmm. What would you say? So no one actually recorded me. Or, like, said what you said? Yeah. Hmm. But they would say, like, sometimes they would ask me questions or, like, just fun shit. Like, so what's your favorite brats or Barbie? Because, you know, you were kids or whatever, <laughs> so right? What's your favorite brats or Barbie? So I would act, so they said I would answer <sighs> incomplete sentences and or sometimes explain myself. That's fucking wild. And then the next day they would tell me what I said and I'm like, Bitch, you I don't, don't know. You don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They could have got your deep secrets out of you. Right? They could have used this in a very anything. dark way, but they did brats and Barbies. Yes. <laughs> like, you're very lucky if you yeah. think about it. But no, a therapist, so, like, they'll basically just talk to you. They'll ask you to talk about, like, a hard time in your life. And because you're talking about the hard thing while you're in a relaxed state, it tells your body that this is not as bad as it seems anymore or it's in the past. 
It's the same thing as like uh, what's it called? Eye movement, eye rapid movement desensitization, oh, EMDR. Yeah. And basically, they they put their finger back and forth like you're being hypnotized, mm-hmm. like you see in the movies, while you're talking about like your biggest trauma. Yeah. Because I, I didn't know this. When you're walking on the street, you're moving your eyes back and forth, and then it, it soothes your brain. Like this shit is so crazy. I could talk about this for years. We could do a whole episode. We on could this. do a whole episode. Yeah. I think we should. Yeah. 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 Let's move on. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> How many fucking lessons do we have left? I feel like I'm aging already. No, but we did um, a lot already. Yeah. Okay, good. This one, friends are everything. When yeah. men fuck up, we need those people. <laughs> so never prioritize a guy over your friends. Yeah, I am. I will say this to my fucking <laughs> deathbed. And my mom says, like, you know what, Alex? Everyone has, like, their number one partner. And some people do just, like... They go into their own world with those partners. But I'm like, yeah, but what happens if shit hits the fan? What happens if that fucking person dies? What if that happens, like, that person grows and finds out there's someone else and doesn't want to be with you anymore? Yeah. You're always going to have friends around. Like, you can't, like, until you're old, I guess, like, when everyone starts dying. I mean, I guess every person (laughs) in your life has a purpose. Yes. Yeah, right? So nurture... Nurture everything. Every single, yeah, nurture every single relationship you have and not just focus on your fucking man. Yeah, it just, it pisses me off so fucking much. Like, pe- like girls will just disappear and they just won't care about you anymore. And I'm yeah. like, I don't, I don't understand. I've never, and I hope, like, I'm not a hypocrite and I hope I've never done this to someone. But, like, I always tried to check in on my friends or make hangouts with them. Yeah. Because I didn't want them to feel that, like, just because I'm in a long-term relationship, like, I'm a fucking, Girl, like, you know why? Because you're not a pick-me girl. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what does pick me mean anymore? Well, for me, pick me is like those girls who are like, I'm not, I'm one of the boys, you know, like they want to be relatable so bad, but they also want to be fuckable, you know? That's insane to me that you brought this up. I was literally watching a TikTok from that friendship expert I showed you before Mm -hmm. who was saying that these girls that only relate to guys, they have like a mother wound and... So they actually desperately do crave girls, but the girls have rejected them. Right. So like I like I'm mad at the pick me girls, but I also get them. You know what I mean? I mean, it is like you actually if you're mature enough. Yeah. You actually <laughs> see the trauma that they're, you know, yeah. that they're handling. 100%. And that's why they're trying to be and I think it's also a combo. Attention-seeking. Yeah, but, for sure. Yeah. I, I, it feels, and, it's, and it's, I think it's a combo of both that wound and internalized misogyny. Because mm-hmm. if you think all women are evil and you think guys are chill, girl, you're delusional. Delusional. We're in a patriarchy. Exactly. <laughs> so there's not going to be a ton of perfect guy friends. They might disrespect you. They, <laughs> might, they might fucking do something fucked up to you. It's not... And maybe you prefer superficial because you have been hurt by other girls. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's really important because we live in a patriarchy. And I'm sorry, like, men are still learning how to be good men (laughs) and not shitty patriarchal men. That you are, you should rely on your girls. Like, not rely entirely. We should always be self-sufficient. But know that, I don't know, I'm sorry, it's men. (laughs) Wait, I have a question for you. Okay. When you were, like, younger or even... Mm -hmm. Well, when you were younger, mm-hmm. like you said earlier, you didn't really have a lot of girlfriends, but yeah. did you have a lot of guy friends? <laughs> no, I didn't have that because I didn't crave any guy friends. Right. But because I would act like brothers, a guy. Right? Yeah. But I would act See, like a guy. That's what. Yeah. I guess that's where I was as well. Like mm-hmm. I would act like a guy and that's why I had a lot of guy friends. Oh. But I had so many fucking girlfriends. So yeah. I just didn't like. You were thriving. You had both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
And for some reason, no, I did. So like, here's the thing. It's almost like I internalized like societal expectations. So you would see all these shows with like girls with like 16 fucking friends or like even just five. And like, I always just had like a couple and I didn't realize partly that's a, because I'm an introvert. So I only like sharing myself with certain people and then B, not everyone has a fucking crazy friend group like on Friends or like any of these shows or like New Girl where they go into each other's apartments. Like that's the dream, trust me. I know, it's the dream. It's the fucking dream, but it's just not, it's not realistic. And then you might find out from these people that had all these friends that they were never that close with all of them. Yeah. And I think what I like to think about now is that you get something different from everyone like everyone serves a different purpose in your life and you can't put it on one person so that's why it concerns me when girls like go straight into a relationship with a guy and they're like i don't need anything else now mm-hmm. because you're gonna lose your independence and your identity. identity yeah right so like i guess i did that myself but i was still wanting to see my friends i think that's what kept me grounded and also because you yeah. really want you really like your alone time. That's yeah, why. that's why too. So I guess mm-hmm. I think also a lot of women are not raised to feel like they should be independent. Yeah, because I have I told you before I got a fucking hate for like traveling alone without my fiance, which fucking just it's so appalled. unreal. Yeah, it's unreal. It's so crazy. Confused me too, because it's yeah. like it's the fucking dream. What are you talking but about? But again, but this is the weird thing. It was like a bunch of like older women. Um, or a couple, like, concerned girls my age because they're just scared of traveling alone. And that's, like... But then I'd meet all these woke middle-aged women on my trips Yeah, that are all doing their own thing and they have husbands at home. And they're like, fuck them, I'm doing my thing. So why are they fucking on your case? I guess, I think, I think people get on your case when they know they're not brave enough to do something. And that, well, I guess they're doing it now at their big age. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe they grew into it. I don't know. Or maybe they're like, oh, I was never able to feel like I could do that when I was younger. Because if you think about it, the middle-aged woman judging me, a lot of them might have been in like, they were told to get married and settle down at a young age. So they can't even fucking fathom yeah. the idea of being able to, one, afford your own solo trip because uh, you're dependent on men more back in the day yeah. for financial needs. And two, they were raised to think marriage is the end-all, be-all. Right. Our generation, way different. So, again, like, that drove me nuts, but, I like, I get where they're coming from. Like, just shut the fuck up. Like, just yeah. write in your journal that you hate that I'm traveling alone. Yeah. Like, do me you a favor. You don't actually not – you don't have to voice it out. No, you really yeah. – I'm like, why are you voicing this? I'm yeah. going. I had fun. Like, I had the best time ever. Like, why are you doing that? See, that's the problem, too, right? It already happened, so what is this all about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also thought it was weird too. I was like, I did Japan already by myself. So I'm like, you already know this about me. Like, I like to solo travel. But now that I've been with him for this long, because I was only with him for a year when I went to Japan. Right. Um, and then this past trip, like, we've been here for fucking seven years. <laughs> so I guess I'm just supposed to be like, hang out my fucking hiking boots or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or like, my fucking traveling shoes. My cousin, my male cousin, goes on trips like fucking 30 times a year. Like, he, I don't know what he does. Like, I honestly don't know how he does it. But, like, he's always traveling, and he's never heard one person say to him, like, why are you traveling alone? Why are you doing this? 
But is he in a relationship? No, he's not. But I don't think I've never heard a man being judged for that yeah. type of thing. Like if it's if it's a man, it's like oh he's backpacking. He's backpack. Yes, he's back. Oh, he's so independent. He's so adventurous. Like he's living his best life. The yeah. woman's doing it. It's just like what is she doing? Like she should care about more about her relationships. Yeah, and it's also more sinister too when they say oh she's doing her eat pray love thing. You know what I mean? Like it's oh so my god, sad. everyone thought I was trying to find myself when I went to Japan. It's like no, like I. Just love, <laughs> I just love Japan. Just like culture. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, I. You're like, it's just kawaii. Yeah, it's just kawaii. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, get away from me. It's <laughs> just cute. I like it. Yeah, it's just kawaii. <laughs> no, but like, it was so weird. I was like, oh, so you're trying to find yourself. Yeah, it's like, no, I just want to fucking travel. No, I'm just a Tumblr hoe. Yeah. That saw all these aesthetic pictures of Japan. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. It's like, if it's a guy. It's, yeah. It's an adventure. It's yeah, backpacking. he's not finding it's, himself. He's not finding himself. He doesn't need to. He's there to fuck girls at the red light district. I was just gonna say t- the Thailand trip for a guy. It's so essential. Yeah. yeah. Every time I see, like, even Cody Ko, you know that YouTuber, yeah. right? When he went to Thailand, I was like, oh, he's fucking. He's fucking around. Yeah. yeah he's fucking everything you can see. Fuck man, yeah. So no one says. I think people think I'm like, tr- or people think I'm trying to get out of my relationship, or like that's the perception. Like, oh, she's trying to fuck other guys. She's trying to meet like a European guy, and like, <laughs> I'm like, no, no. Actually, I just want to fucking take pictures. Yeah, I want to see like the fucking museums, and I like I love art and I love history. Like, I love I love the aesthetic of the fucking city. Like, yeah. sorry, I want to visit I my wanna family. Carry a baguette. So yeah, I want a fucking baguette. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, that was another reason why we were away is I was on a trip for a month, basically. True. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> Girl, it's been a busy year. Okay, you know. let's go to number fifteen. Holy shit! Oh my god. Ten don't more. Put, <laughs> don't put pressure on one person to be your everything. Yeah, I've touched on this. Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just. Um, what was I reading the other day? Was it in one of my sensitivity books or was it at TikTok? Because <laughs> I'm reading on high sensitivity. What was I reading? Fuck. Your for you page. Probably was my for you page. It's a, oh, 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 um, no, no. I'm taking a course on OCD and relationships actually mm-hmm. online because all the therapists I reached out to are fucking not taking clients. No hate. But all the hate. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to take this course I've always looked into. It is Should taught by a therapist. For new therapists? <laughs> like, like brand new ones. Like the ones that just started therapizing. Yeah. I'm scared to do that. I like right. when they have a little of experience under their belt. And, and this, and my issue, my triggers are very specific. So this is one course for people that live with this thing. Anyways, it was saying like the reason why we struggle with relationship anxiety is because we put all our needs into that person and but back in the day like our ancestors would have tribes and communities yeah. where you would get something from each person and you would be fulfilled that way and that includes yourself like you're giving yourself what you need but now with like the things we grew up with like the rom-coms and like the the concepts of like that one person the one the one, the one. I'm like that's crazy like there's 8 billion fucking people so it's like you can't put all that pressure on them to read your mind, to know exactly what to say all the time. You're raised differently. So it just goes back to the incompatibility and just 
same thing with friendships too like you're gonna get something different from each friend so don't put so much pressure on it exactly yeah that's that's it that's it that's it y'all okay nothing is personal it just feels personal to you (laughs) yes which is like kind of tea like it's it kind of sounds controversial but like i just read that it what's the book that everyone fucking reads on spiritual tiktok the four agreements the number one is don't take anything personally because as you've seen from this podcast of us talking today is that everything comes from something else yeah the way people are acting so i have i don't think i'm i'm i don't want to say i'm good at this at any means but i've realized i need to do this more often it's like oh maybe there's another side to the story because like anxiety gives you like black and white thinking where it's like it's either they hate you or they like you right. and it just becomes toxic. And so I'm trying to find the gray now. Like maybe they're just busy. Maybe they're stressed. Maybe it's not personal. Don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. It feels personal because I have a wound there that I'm trying to fill with a story. Like I'm trying to get certainty. Yeah. So that's the fun of OCD is that you're relentless <laughs> for fucking answers. But I guess even if you relate to it, it doesn't mean it's actually true. Yeah. What, wait, what, what? <laughs> like, so, you know, how you say it just feels personal to you. Yeah. Like if it's a situation or, like, someone's action, you just relate to it, for example. Right? Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean it's actually targeted towards you. Yes, exactly. Because it's the story you tell yourself, mm-hmm. essentially. And I got that from therapy. Shout out. Shout out, therapy. What's up, therapy? What's up? What's good? Hey, guys, remember that one episode where we kept telling you to go to therapy? Did Not, you actually go? Did you go? Did you go? But also, who checking can afford it in this economy? I know. Just checking on you guys. Just checking. Are you guys okay? Are you guys okay? I will be in therapy the rest of my life, I'm convinced. Oh, yeah, me too. A lifetime of undoing. Although she said, like, I don't want you to be in unpe- I don't want you to be in therapy attached the rest of your life. yeah that's what all therapists say yeah because that's not held I just feel like it's good what I mean by that is like I'm not like I need to but like a good check-in once in a while yeah because sometimes like life's gonna happen like something really fucked up could happen go to therapy if you can afford it yeah find some and I think that was one of my lessons too is like find some sort of it's not religious, but, like, find something that grounds you. Like, even if that's, like, literally going outside and grounding yourself, putting your fucking feet in nature. Like, find something that soothes you as a human being that works for you time and time again. Yeah. And just go to that. Develop coping mechanisms where you can. Yeah. And, like, there's a lot of... I always say this, but I remember feeling weird every time people say... Um, get out of your comfort zone. And it's like, <laughs> it's fine if you don't. It's fine. I agree. Oh, my God. I think if if it is time for you to get out of your comfort zone, the universe will make you get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. In a weird way. Don't, because um, I feel like your comfort zone is your safe space. It is. And you're putting pressure on your safe space. But this is so hard because you don't want to be stuck there either. Like, how do you know when to get out of the safe space? But like you said, life will find a way (laughs) to get you out of your fucking comfort zone. And like, yeah, so that kind of connects to the first lesson. It's like (laughs) life has a way of triggering you until you fucking deal with it. Yeah. 
So I think, but don't be ashamed of your comfort zone. That was another lesson I had was like, if you want to be boring as fucking early 20s, don't be ashamed of that. Yeah. I wanted to be boring. I wanted to not go to the bars all the time. I wanted to just have some chill friends yeah. and like drink at a lounge or just hang out and watch movies. Yeah. And that's why I said like, that's why I went on fucking Bumble because I feel like I just needed more people that I could do that with. And that's basically what my 20s were. Is <laughs> going to the bar? Uh, no, just being like at home or like at the library were you just books chill and with just fucking is that because though movies? you grew up so fast because you would go to the bars at such an early well, yeah age? i was doing coke at 15 so <laughs> <laughs> the casual yeah yeah so i feel like you had your 20s already you know what i mean yeah um and like, and like i did drink i didn't do coke but i did drink in my when i was younger but i was just like what's the word fuck i don't even know and i guess because i didn't actually realize that i had depression until i was like 23 that'll also do it so maybe you were just in your space chilling because you were processing yeah or not wanting to process it's like oh shit this is why oh shit this is why i feel like shit all the time yeah so i think with safe spaces uh, i guess if we're talking to young 20 year olds right now what would we say i would say like don't rush your healing or don't, I guess, don't feel the need to plead. Oh, it's so hard not to do that in your 20s. Like, let's put it in, like, even relationships or whatever, rebounds never work. Rebounds, yes. Oh, God. So, like, Stop trying to stuff your feelings down and putting them somewhere else. Yeah, just yeah. write it out. Feel it. Yeah. Feel your, fu- yeah. so feel that's your the, fucking feelings. That's you leaving your comfort zone. It Because the comfort zone is just going, <coughs> replicating what you just felt safe in. Yeah. That's so deep. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at us. Oh, my God. Are we smart? We're back, baby. We're just back. back. <laughs> We're comfortable. We're back in the comfort zone yeah. where we tell people what to do with their lives. And you listen to us. Even though we started with the premise of we don't know the fuck what we're doing. <laughs> Sometimes your purpose has nothing to do with your job. That's been my biggest realization during my Saturn return. That's what you said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes your your purpose is not your job. And I really realized that because I got my dream job last year. I'm in that dream job. And I that's not where I get my confidence from, I realized. Yeah. Um, during the pandemic, I had time to finally work on my art skills because I was covering that up with academia for my whole life. Mm-hmm. And once I did that, I started to see like the value of my sensitivity, the way I expressed. I was volunteering with young people and that's where I got all my confidence from. But like, that's where that's I, that's life experience though. What do you mean? Like volunteering. You know, you're also gaining life experience. Oh, for sure. So what I'm saying is, like, my job isn't what reflects me. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like I used to think that because, again, as a millennial, like, being told you have to have a job you're passionate about. I think now, like, I like the concept of it and the purpose, but Mm -hmm. the day-to-day, I'm not, like, a huge huge fan of right and so once i like i took apart those parts of my personality that says i have to love this and now like this pays my bills and then i have fun like working on my graphic novel at home or Mm -hmm. like my projects or this podcast like the places where i feel alive that's who i am and not my job 
Right. And when we started this podcast, I was, like, losing my fucking mind about that. You are. So that was pretty crazy. You were really focused on finding the right... The one job. The right career for you. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And, like, I'm still always going to be career focused. I do have my moon in the 10th house of career. Sorry. So. Astrology girly. Yeah. But, um, I'm... I'm just starting to see that it can just be something that pays the bills. I don't know if that's just a universal experience with turning in your turning 30, but I don't know. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. One of my favorite authors, Fernando Pessoa. Mm-hmm. So he used to be an accountant. No one knew that he was writing yeah. on the side. And then he died. And after 50 years, there was this fucking briefcase. They opened it. It was his manuscript stop yeah and his book um the book of disquiet is a book about uh about uh an accountant who's living this double life oh my god it's so meta oh my god (laughs) i need to read this holy shit i have two copies i can just (gasps) please yeah oh my god but yeah so he's like he didn't put pressure on it. He was just writing because he loved it, right? I love that so much. Yeah. But I wonder if he was about to submit it when he died. See, that was that's also the question. If he was submitting manuscripts on the side, like, mm-hmm. if he had other stories. Yeah. Yeah. Or if this was just, like, what he was doing to cope with life. I don't know. Yeah, right? Oh, my God, this one. Okay, let's go. Trends come and go. Just wear what you feel. Oh my god, can I tell you how many times I've fucking bought in my 20s a fucking trend that looks fucking wretched on me, doesn't suit my body, like, makes me feel like I'm trying to be someone I'm not. Give me an example. Um, I tried to, like, wear brighter colors. I just don't fucking want to wear brighter colors. I don't feel good in them. I like wearing muted colors, but I'd, like, oh, there's, like, a neon trend, or, like, there's, like, this going on, or, like... Neon. Yeah, neon. <laughs> A couple of years back, it came back. I was like, what the fuck? Or just, I don't know, just wearing, like, if you find what works for your body, like, just go with that yeah. and don't feel pressure to look like some Pinterest girly. Like, low-rise jeans. Fuck low-rise jeans. Can burn them to the fucking ground. I know. Gen Z, stop fucking trying to make Y2K happen. It was ugly. It's not the way you're wearing it. And sometimes the way you're wearing it is ugly. <laughs> I'm like, don't follow trends. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I just be yourself. You don't have to like capitalize on a trend. Like if you are happy being a goth, be a fucking goth. If you're happy being casual at time, do that. Like I think I wish I like I don't know. I'm not very comfortable with being fully sexy or fully feminine. Like I like when my outfits are kind of mixed. Right. And like so I just I went with that instead of trying to act like someone else. Like when you're younger, it's like a lot of club wear and like you're wearing yeah. whatever you see and you're also spending a lot of money like that's not a lesson that i put on there but it's like invest in fucking rsps please just invest in them please (laughs) because it was the only reason i was able to buy a house this fucking year yeah the only reason and a lot of people don't know that glad that i started when i was 18 yes you're smart as hell or someone told you i don't know but it was the bank they were like do you want to open an rsp because i started working right yeah and i was like sure why not why not whatever but i didn't realize how much how much it grows like it's kind of sick so yeah that's my next like don't just wear what feels good for you don't feel pressured to wear something because you'll just end up spending money on trends that goes in the landfill so yeah yeah that's my quick and easy lesson and also i think don't buy sheen yeah don't fucking buy it yeah just don't it's it's garbage and there's like 
they're literally enslaving children so just you know if you don't have the money then you can go to value village or whatever yeah but even that's expensive I know, even now, that's expensive. now that's insane go to salvation army but do not support them yeah in their charitable efforts because they're homophobes um, god everything's problematic i know <laughs> and also yesterday I just found out fucking Home Depot um they donate money for Trump campaign so whatever whatever I'm not surprised listen to the theme song it's like do 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 oh my god <laughs> but like even with Shein a lot of people say well like I, I can't afford like that's like a two that's also a big conversation yeah that's a big conversation oh I won't even get into it but in summary a lot of plus size people can't find clothes in their size so they go to Shein so I'm not judging them yeah and then there's I mean, people I do I used to buy... Yeah, me too. Yeah. I've bought fast fashion. I still do Uniqlo is technically fast fashion. Yeah. But I think the difference is it's like, buy things that you know you're going to wear over and over, and if you mm-hmm. don't wear them over, borrow it to a friend or switch with a friend. Switch, like, yeah. make it have a longer life. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, this one. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking relate to being an empath. Just learn how to set <laughs> boundaries. Girl. Girl. Can we talk about the empath victim complex for a second? People are like, I feel everyone's emotions, and so I'm going to, like, react totally terribly and treat you like fucking shit. I'm such an empath. I'm you're, such an empath. You're really affecting me. You're stressing me out. Don't feel things because I'm an empath. Oh, my God. Like, I'm. if one more person calls themselves a fucking empath, no. No. Please don't. Because a lot of, um like, the highly sensitive person community... A lot of people say, like, well, they're technically empaths because, like, they feel things a lot deeper. I was like, no, like, let's just get out of that. Like, empath is such a weird word anyways because it's, like, it's, like, um, a particle of empathy. Yeah. Just because you feel everything doesn't mean you show empathy. Yeah. A lot of people that call themselves empaths do not show empathy. No. Not at all. Not they're just at like, all. You're ruining my vibe. Exactly. It's <laughs> the fucking opposite of being an like it is having empathy towards having empathy. people. Yeah. So let's just add the why back on so we can realize what the fuck it is. Yeah. It's getting on someone's level and not judging them and like being there for them. And yeah, no, d- don't don't call yourself. Okay, I guess the lesson is if there's anyone from the early twenties to any end, just because it's like a popular psychology word, like don't like, call yeah. yourself that. Mm-hmm. You know, take your time. Yeah. Don't overdiagnose. Don't. If, I mean, if you feel like you have the signs of this, go see a doctor to get properly diagnosed. Yeah, go see a doctor. Stop self-diagnosing. Stop self-diagnosing. I'm, so, I'm actually so sick of people using like these terms and trying to educate people online. Yeah. When they don't have the background, please don't. Or like even, but even TikTok therapists are dangerous because they're just. No, like, I don't actually trust doctors on social media. No, I don't. They have no, a different never, agenda. They never. have a way different agenda. Um, another thing, don't fucking support the holistic psychologist. Stop fucking supporting her. She has literally been trashed by a whole community of fucking licensed therapists for being a fraud. She's also a Trump supporter. She supported the January 6th, um, what's the word? I was the Capitol. The Capitol, um, siege, whatever. Um, she supports, like, she's totally racist. Whenever someone says, like, how narrow-minded and privileged her views are, she fucking lashes out. So, stop fucking. <laughs> just go see a doctor. Yeah, just go see a doctor. Read a licensed professional and always question, like, things you read online. Yeah. That would be another lesson. So, like, I see these TikTok doctors as WebMD. They are. Yeah, because it's like... 
what are you doing there? Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be paid. Yeah, exactly. Why are you, are you so bad you can't get clients? So you're on here like preaching. And I get it. They're like, oh, this is like, this is how you access, um, be like, be educated, access, medical, yeah. whatever. And it's yeah. like, no, not really. You're no. on TikTok. You're on TikTok. You're in an app where yeah. fucking kids are dancing. Yeah. I know. It's it's really strange, and I feel like they're just capitalizing for their brand. It's Honestly. It's like how to, uh, how to solve or how to clear your trauma or whatever. And yeah. then you scroll up, you have kids, like, doing a fucking dance. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> so weird. People are, like, giving each other therapy while doing dance. It's so weird. And, and then you scroll and this is, there's, like, Bowmanizer doing some Kardashian episode. You know what I, I mean? I support like, Bowmanizer to I death. I fucking love her. I love, love his new song. He has a new song? Yeah, he has a song out. Okay, let's listen on the way home. Yeah. Um, but we should also backtrack because you and I also use the word trauma way too loosely. Oh yeah, we do all the time. All so the time. I'm not saying they were like a lot of people use these terms interchangeably, and I always get mad that people say OCD. I'm just starting to learn that people just don't fucking know, mm. but it's still gonna piss me off when they're so proud of it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but trauma is definitely thrown around too loosely, and it is. I would actually blame TikTok therapists and yeah. not the people that are subscribing because people don't know better people don't know better and it's like i stopped using ptsd like yeah as like as a teenager even like you're like oh i have ptsd early from that 20s concert, yeah i had ptsds yeah. or whatever right yeah when you can just say oh that was deja vu you know what i mean yeah exactly that's all you have to say yeah. <laughs> or i'm having a flashback or like oh my god that reminds me of that time right yeah um but yeah or disassociating that's another one i've learned i need to stop saying but I have experienced into the disassociation <laughs> with my OCD, so I have a hard time interchangeably using it in casual conversation yeah. sometimes, and with just. So what is the right word to use, or like a like a for term? Disas- if, if yeah, if or we're not talking about a symptom of mental illness, yeah, disconnecting or spacing out. Yes, spacing out. Because sometimes disassociation, like it's it's way more intense than what we're making it sound like. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just like choosing to not listen because you hate the message. Exactly, you're it's, right. It's a coping mechanism, so. Yeah, just I guess the last lesson. I think we're almost at the last lesson. Yeah, we are. We're almost. It's at like own your fucking mistakes. <laughs> the sooner you take responsibility for your bullshit, the quicker you'll be happy. <laughs> so we mostly tackled some of these um, yeah. during the other stuff that we talked about. Mm-hmm. But there's this one here. You said sometimes it's good not to share your plans so you're not embarrassed when you don't execute them. <laughs> yes. I think maybe it's it's less so about that and it's more so be careful who you share your plans with. Right. If you're talking to someone that's way less brave than you, they're going to keep you in your comfort zone. Yeah. They're going to be like, well, you're usually scared about that. So maybe, <laughs> maybe just, you know, take your time. Don't challenge yeah. yourself. Like, like, because if they've never taken a risk, they're going to keep you in that zone. Like if I, if I had listened to people that say, don't travel alone, it's scary for a woman. I guess because there's a difference between people saying, don't do that. Or people questioning you. Yeah. You know, it's like the questions sometimes are not bad because yeah. it's like. They're working through your yeah. way of thinking, right? Yeah. But, like, when they're straight up saying, like, what? but why don't? Yeah, why then, don't do that? Yeah. Yeah. What's your, what's questioning your issue, Questioning is bro? so tricky, though, not to take it personally. Like, when people are questioning, like, why you're doing something, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people 
some people are really good at receiving and some people are not. Right. You and I are both fire signs. We're both very blunt. Yeah. But sometimes it's hard when someone's questioning us too. And like, I, I think it's with me in the context mm. or is in the tone. The tone, yeah. Yeah. But my tone's always brutal. So like people always misinterpret me. <laughs> but I think I'm used to you now. Yeah, you're used to me. I just have a horrible tone. Yeah, I get but from even my at parents. the beginning though, like when you're questioning me, I never mm. really take it too personally i think because i've learned from other friends that are more or or because (laughs) that was also the time where you're like trying not to show any my true self i guess at the beginning i was traumatized (laughs) because i was um very affected no i would say the trauma honest to god yeah the friendships were traumatic for me no i think yeah I mean, it changed you. It did. So it I fucking changed so you. Traumatic. It was traumatic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess that's that. I'm turning 30 in two weeks. And I will say uh, stereotypes of turning 30 are true. I have started to care less. Like, before, I would really care what I look like in the gym. Right. And now I show up looking like a sack of shit. And I feel and that's really progress. good. That's progress. Yeah. Before I was like, oh, I have to look perfect. Like, and I see all the young girls. They're like done up to the nines. I do good not understand how people can put makeup on. And I know exactly <laughs> when they have makeup on. Oh, it's so easy. It's so easy to see. And it's like, I'm like, how? you're getting yourself acne. You're sweating through your act, like through your makeup. Through your makeup. It's insane. But some people, they just need that. Like, we live in a very pressure society for women. Any, and like, men even do. these form fitting gym clothes. I don't, yeah, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Like, I have my gym clothes. Like, it's yeah. different. Like, I wear my tight pants or like tight yeah. shorts or whatever right they are comfortable when you're trying to move like your body or whatever yeah yeah but you know exactly the people who are there just to look cute right yeah but again are those girls in their early 20s even with men though yeah but i feel like young people they have that desire <laughs> to look good yeah because your your appearance is like your whole identity when you're young and there are people who actually go to the gym just to find who to fuck I know, and that really disturbs me, and I'm really glad that hasn't happened in my gym, and it seems to be a less creepy gym. Like, my personal trainer That's said, good. like, that she's like, it's weird. I've never seen that behavior here once. That's I, good. So I'm like, thank God. I actually haven't seen that behavior in, like, I've never seen anyone give, like, eyes to anyone. You know, like, when they gym. stare, and, yeah. like, they're like, or they try and help you with something. I'm yeah. Like, oh, fuck that. Um, so, yeah, I just say, like. I don't know. Do you, booze? That's my lesson. Yeah, do you, but also don't try to like follow all societal. It's so hard not to. It's hard. Yeah. The only reason I'm here saying these things is because I learned those things. Yeah. I wonder when I when I'm finally turning thirty, what shit You'll, I've learned. I'm really excited to see what you learn. So I guess let's wrap up. Um, I want to know everyone if you were at the end of your twenties. What did you learn? Yeah. Um, could you relate to any of the things I said today or what we shared? And if you're at the start of your 20s, what the fuck are you scared about? What do you care about? Yeah. And what do you wish you didn't care about? And I'm just going to say, like, your 20s is not scary. No, it's not. No. I had some of the best times in my life in my 20s. Oh, my God. I feel so old now when I say that. Like, I can't believe I'll be in my 30s. <laughs> Hey guys, greet Alex a happy birthday. Or I will beat you up. I knew you were going to say that like every time. Every time. (laughs) Wish her or else. Um, Yeah, I think, yeah, just let us know. I'm really curious 
if everyone feels these universal experiences or if I'm just like really like into myself. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I think it's relatable. I, I hope so. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll leave it at that. Hope for the best. Hope for the best. All right. This uh, is the last time you'll hear me at 20 years old. 29. 29? <laughs> 29. Oh my god. And next episode, I know. And next episode, we'll hear all about Alexis's wedding, what it's like to be married, and the shit she would change. Oh yeah, there's a lot. She's got stuff to say. I have stuff to say. And she's gonna say it all. And remember when I said I'm not as angry anymore? Actually. Actually, I always have room for anger. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I'm a fire sign. Yeah, no, it's just gonna be there. That's why we click. We're both angry people. Yeah. On that note... Stay restless, but also get rest. <laughs> Sleep at eight. Yeah. Drink water. I would say, yeah, that's my main thing when you're in your 20s. Please get some fucking sleep and take care of your body yeah. and your mind. Okay? Just fucking do it. Mama ends. Mama Lori. No, my mom's name is Lori. Yeah. Mama Alex says take care of yourself. <laughs> the mommy issue just came out. It's like I hear my mom's voice. I know. You just like. Um, I just Freuded myself I know I had a Freudian slip Slip. Um, But my mom would say that too So get some rest Get some rest (laughs) And you'll feel better Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah we're signing off Um, Yeah follow us Like us again I promise No I can't promise that Yeah you can't promise anything Uh, But we'll be back With your episode soon Soon yeah Soon Sooner than this one I think we can promise that Yeah yeah, we're having fun. Yeah, we're having fun. We're, we're back in it. We're vibing. Yeah. We're chilling. All right. Bye. Bye. Also, if you're trying to drink coffee now, stop. 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 Like, I know it's good. It tastes good. But also, stop. Please fucking stop. Yeah. Oh, my God. As a coffee drinker. Like, are you addicted to coffee? It is a drug. Like, we forget that it's a drug. I have coffee five times a day now. Oh. And how does that affect you mentally, Alexis? (laughs) Mentally and physically, you mean? (laughs) (laughs) And spiritually, spiritually, religiously. I'm just saying, you guys, stop these habits. And the only reason you're drinking that coffee, you don't actually need it because you're young as hell. You really don't need it. You need to get rest and you need to eat properly and, like, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. You'll have energy. Mm -hmm. And if you have sleep apnea, get fucking diagnosed. (laughs) Get diagnosed. If you need caffeine, have some green tea, have some matcha. Try something else, please. No, just go to the gym. Have Sarah, like, have some fucking endorphins. Oh, I love endorphins. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Actually, don't go to the gym. Don't spend money. Just go outside. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? There's many options. Just stare at the sun. Just, oh. (laughs) Well, that ended weirdly. Yeah.